Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Yesterday, all eyes were on Queen's Park. Uh, yesterday, the Ontario government, uh, well, is reintroducing that bill that uh, it was essentially supposed to slash the size of Toronto City Council. Uh, it was a rather chaotic scene inside Queen's Park, uh, well, through most of the course of the day. A couple of people arrested. Uh, some of the NDP members were actually kicked out of the legislature for banging on their desks. Uh, Travis Danraj was there. Tra- Travis is the uh, Queen's Park Bureau Chief for Global News, and he joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to uh, talk about uh, what he saw yesterday. Travis, great to have you here. Thanks so much for the time today. Good morning. Happy to be here. Yeah, what a day yesterday. Well, the circus came to town. It looked like it anyway. I mean, did you anticipate this was going to happen? Well, you never really know what you're going to get under the Doug Ford administration. I mean, it's proved uh, to be an interesting summer. Uh, and now that we're into the fall and the, the kids are back in school, um, we, you know, we didn't think that we would be back this early. The, the original date for the fall session was the 24th. But now, of course, uh, we're back and you saw what the first day looked like. Uh, it, it was quite the scene. I was in the in the, the gallery, in the media gallery, um, kind of observing the proceedings, and we, we were in for, uh, you know, a, a very ruckus back and forth on the floor, but we did not expect that in the public gallery. Uh, there have been protests arranged before in the public gallery, but for the most part, they've been uh, silent. You're not really supposed to make any noise when you're up there. It started with a bit of coughing, and then that spiraled out of control into shouts of shame, uh, you know, this is what not, this is not what democracy looks like, um, and stand up to your bully. You must have known, though, as you were heading into work that day yesterday, Travis, uh, the long lineups outside of uh, the Queen's Park to people to get into the gallery that something was going to go on. Yeah, well, you know, I got there at about nine thirty or so. Question period starts at ten thirty, and there were there was a huge line uh, on the front lawn of, of the, the legislature. We actually got. Uh, the, the premier coming in on the other side uh, of the leg- legislature, and he said this is going to be a great day for democracy. So we knew something was up early on, uh, but we did not think that there would be uh, arrests. Uh, there's actually two uh, alleged nuns that can't confirm that they're nuns, but they were they were dressed in uh, you know uh, the habit and everything like mm-hmm. that. They were they were kicked out as well. It was a grandmother screaming as she was being uh, handcuffed and let out that I'm a you know I'm a 77 year old grandmother. I never thought it would be having to stand up for democracy in this province, and that's what I'm having to do now. So it, it was something, and that was that was the morning. And then the afternoon came, and then we saw the protests with the NDP. Uh, well, it's interesting. There's almost a double standard here, as one of the observers was telling me yesterday. Uh, they, you know, they, they have a lot of tolerance for MPPs that make noise and catcalls through the course of question period, but the, the public's not supposed to do that. And, and as you mentioned, the rules are pretty stringent, and they tell everybody that before they go to the gallery, don't they? Yeah, they do, and you have to bring uh, government-issued ID, uh, you have to check your cell phone in, you go through metal detectors. I mean, that's, that's all safety protocol, but, I mean, you're supposed to abide by certain decorum in the public gallery. You're not supposed to make noise. It's, it's, a, it's a bit unlike City Hall. City Hall, um, they're a little bit more lenient when it comes to that, uh, because, you know, I'm sure you have watched council meetings before here in Toronto that oh, get yeah. very ruckus. Well, yeah, except I can remember one a couple of months ago where our friend Mark Carcassel actually was admonished by somebody at one of the mounts. But, hey, could you keep it down? We're trying to do business here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the, you never know what you're going to get, I guess, when you do something like that. But So so that was the morning session, and, and obviously this was not spontaneous, of course. I mean, you, I think you mentioned on your report last night with Donna Friesen on uh, Global National that this went out through social media. So th- this was a concerted effort to try to get some folks in there yesterday. 
Yeah, it was. So it went out on Facebook. They, there have been similar, uh, you know, Facebook posts before to pack the gallery, uh, but it's never really uh, turned into what we saw yesterday. So, you know, it, it was, you know, we saw this uh, post go out, um, I guess it was the night before yesterday, and we thought, okay, well, there's, well, there's going to be something at least on the front lawn. What will happen in the gallery? And then we saw that. But, yeah, the afternoon happened, and then, of course, uh, you know, we saw the – we knew that something was going to happen. I talked to sources kind of during the break, which was around noon or so, while everyone was having lunch, and we got wind that the NDP were going to do something. We didn't know what. Um, and then we saw, you know, what happened with them slamming their fists on their desks and literally – uh, taking their desks, uh, the tops of the desks, to open uh, for the MPPs, and they were slamming those down uh, like school children, some people say. Yeah, that's a pretty good characterization. I mean, I anticipated that there was going to be a rather raucous session in the afternoon, too, once they started to introduce the bill uh, for first reading again. Uh, but I was kind of hoping they might debate it instead of carrying on the way that they did. Uh, I, I guess they're going to try to justify it and say, well, we tried to, but there wasn't a whole lot uh, going on. And, and heaven knows, uh, as you guys have been reporting over the last couple of days since this whole thing uh, hit the fan, Travis, uh, there's, there's more than enough uh, constitutional or procedural things that the opposition could have brought up to try to get some honest debate in here. But they seem to, ch- to choose for the optics here instead, uh, you know, the gong show stuff with the yelling and screaming and the desk slamming. Well, and we talked to John Fraser about that, who's the interim leader of the Liberals. He yeah. said, listen, this was first reading, and it, it goes to second reading today, so there might be debate today. But, but he said we wanted, as a Liberal caucus, to be in there to actually vote against this, even though it's first reading. Um, and I put that question to, to Andrea Horvath. I said, you know, does, does, aren't the optics of this, don't they look like, you know, you're just picking up your ball and saying, okay, we lost, we're leaving the game? She said, absolutely not. We wanted to make a bold statement, and we wanted to, you know, uh, show the people of Ontario that we, as the opposition, are not going to stand for this, and we're going to do whatever we can to uh, delay this. But ultimately, they only delayed the introduction of the bill by about 20 minutes or so. Did you get a chance to talk to any of the government members yesterday? Yeah, I did. I talked to Todd Smith, who's the House leader. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Carolyn Mulroney came out, and she also did what's called a scrum, where all the reporters kind of uh, ask her questions. And she, she stayed there for quite some time, and she was getting uh, hammered on, you know, uh, why she is supporting this, if it is the correct use of the notwithstanding clause. And then, of course, what her father, the former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney, uh, had to say about the notwithstanding clause, famously saying at one point years ago that it was not worth the paper it's written on. Uh, and she stood firm. She said, you know, my father has his opinions, but I think that this is a uh, this is a, an effective use of the notwithstanding clause. Todd Smith said as well, we're well within our right to use it. And it is going to be very interesting to see uh, whether or not this is a tool which some folks, uh, you know, sources within the PC party have told me this, if this is going to be a tool that uh, the Premier intends to use, not on just on this issue, but others as well. Well, he hinted at that the other day, didn't he? He did. He did, and then I think he realized that, and then, uh, you know, uh, really kind of stopped stopped going down that path. But, uh, but I mean, there are, there are a number of... Of challenges right now. You, know, you look at sex ed, uh, EPFO, the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario, has launched a, 
a lawsuit saying that uh, you know the teachers uh, were not consulted and that infringes on their rights when it comes to this rolling back of the sex ed curriculum. Could the notwithstanding clause be invoked again on that? Well, it's a potential. It could happen. Uh, and, and once the door is open to this, uh, it becomes a lot easier to, to fight that battle because a precedent has been set. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and you guys listed those the other day, of course, on Global News. I mean, there's obviously there's that. There's uh, and and from the sex out, of course, come the the human rights tribunals, and and those things are forthcoming. But they did seem to walk back a little bit on the uh, the uh, Green Energy Act, didn't they, yesterday? Because uh, after Greenpeace threatened to sue them, uh, the, the word we got out of Queens Park is that okay, we'll have public consultation. Yeah, and so you know, you might see a little bit uh, of push and pull. And I was talking about this earlier on our station here in Toronto, um, you know, th- there will be some give and take. But uh, I know from covering uh, the Fords for quite some time, um, you know, when, when uh, the late Mayor Rob Ford was in office, I covered, uh, I covered him and uh, Premier Ford is a councillor as well. Um, they, like, the Premier has a list of things that he wants to get done, and he is dead set on getting those done one way or another. So, I mean, there might be a bit of give and take, but if he can get something done, whatever tool he has at his disposal, he is going to use. i got to ask you something, and this is a point of clarification, because there's been, there's been a lot of speculation over the last couple of days uh, since the judicial ruling came down, and of course then uh, Mr. Ford decided uh, you know, that, that day that he was going to invoke uh, the, the notwithstanding clause and reintroduce the bill. Isn't that overkill? I mean, if they invoke the notwithstanding clause, I've also heard that they want to appeal the ruling from the judge. Do they really need to do that? So what they want to do, um, from what I understand, is they want to appeal it, which could take some time, to say, uh, to, to show that they believe the ruling by uh, Justice Bellobaba was incorrect. Mm-hmm. But because they don't have the luxury of time, um, and, and that might not go their way, to be honest, they're invoking this um, because it's kind of bulletproof, the, the notwithstanding clause, Section 33 of the Charter. Yeah, so... so I mean, it's a two-pronged approach. They want to say, okay, judge, you were wrong, but also we're stopping this one way or another. Because notwithstanding what... Uh, the, I hate to use that phrase again. It's, it's becoming pretty popular these days. Uh, what the, the NDP did yesterday, or the people in the gallery for that matter, do you get the sense, though, Travis, there's a sense of inevitability? I mean, this is going to happen. This is a majority government. Well, and and this is this is exactly the question I put to the leader of the opposition yesterday as well. I said, you know, uh, these are tactics, yes, to delay, but ultimately, uh, Mr. Ford has set out his priorities. He has a majority, um, and he will be able to do this. And the, and the the prime minister has said that he is not going to get involved when it comes to the size of Toronto City Council. So it's pretty clear the only folks that could step in the feds. Uh, and try to do something to stop this, and, and that is even questionable, uh, are saying that they're not going to. Um, people are saying they don't agree with this, but at the end of the day, it, it is likely going to happen. With or without, uh, well, the notwithstanding clause, it pretty much guarantees. That's the that's the, the body armor they need to get this thing uh, uh, in the books, don't they? Yeah, I, and I mean, I think, you know, the... What happened yesterday, um, you know, according to the NDP, is them saying that this is this is not, uh, you know, the, the right use of of the uh, the clause. And if we go down this road now, it, it opens a very very scary door. It's the first time it's ever been used in Ontario. It's only been used a handful of times uh, across uh, the country. It's interesting. Pierre Elliott Trudeau, um, who 
uh, was part of the formation of the charter, really did not want this in. Now uh, it's, it's on his son, the current prime minister, uh, Justin Trudeau, whether or not he's going to get involved, and he's saying no. Meanwhile, as they say in all these melodramas, uh, down the street a little bit, Toronto City Council is meeting today to discuss what options they might have. Well, I got I got to figure, Travis. That's a pretty short list. It's you know it's funny that that everything's been happening at Queens Park for the past uh, I guess twenty four hours or so, and everyone's forgotten about yeah City Hall and what actually you know we're talking about here the election and the people of Toronto on, uh, on October twenty second. So today. Uh, they're having a, an emergency meeting uh, of council. Uh, the mayor, John Tory, has called out to discuss what they're going to do now, what their options are. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing um, that, you know, their options are few and far between uh, in terms of what they can do. But this has also created a lot of confusion in the clerk's office for the past couple of days now as to, uh, you know, when the deadline is, uh, who, uh, if they're running a 25 race, if they're running a 47 race. Now there's a little bit of clarity um, that this looks like it's going through, that it will be a 25, and there's a, a deadline set now. Is there a possibility of, of changing the election date? Somebody raised that yesterday uh, simply because of the timing that's going on. I mean, we are, what, four and a half weeks away from, from the election day, and some people are wondering whether or not that's enough time to actually run an effective campaign for anybody that may want to be seeking office. Yeah, and, and, and that, that's been a question for not only the past couple of days, but the past couple of weeks yeah. since you know, uh, the, the Premier announced that he wanted to cut the size of council because you know they have to recreate the map. They, I mean, the, the ballots need to go out. I mean, there's logistical things that the clerk, clerk's office needs to do. Um, I have been told... Um, by sources, and there's no uh, confirmation from the province on this officially on the record, but I have been told if the city throws up their hands and says, we can't run this election, the province will say, okay, Elections Ontario is going to step in and handle this for you. So it, it seems to me as though the, the province is dead set on having the city of Toronto election on, uh, on October 22nd. So that's not going to change. I mean, that's a province-wide date. We understand that. But I just wondered if there was any flexibility. But uh, from what well, you're telling well, the, us, the province doesn't seem to have much of a mind to, to alter it anyway. They still, they still feel, free that, feel that they can go through with this. And it's my understanding that even if, you know, Toronto City Council does decide, okay, we can't run this, they have to go to the province to request uh, a different date. So, I mean, they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, and because uh, everyone else in the province would be voting on October 22nd, and they would may want, I don't know, the end of the month. I don't know what they, they'd even do, but it doesn't sound like it's much of an option. Uh, what's the time frame? This was first reading. They're, they're going back today for second reading, are they not? That, that is the case. So, uh, and that could be, second reading could take a couple of days because, uh, you know, it will need to be debated. Um, and, and the legislature does not sit on Fridays. Of course, everyone goes back to their respective writings. So um, we've only really got today, and then this is likely going to go into next week. Then it goes to a final reading, uh, which is third reading, and then it gets royal assent. So we're, we're looking probably... Uh, at kind of mid next week, or even into the into the following week, to, uh, for this to become law. And with that time frame, you got to figure they're going to limit debate on this, which is only going to irk the opposition even more. Exactly. And I actually just got off the phone before I got on with you with the 
a source uh, with the NDP, and I said, okay, well, what are we going to see today? They said, well, today is going to be a little bit more of business as usual because they actually do want to debate this. So I don't think, at least from the floor of the House, you're going to see anything like what you saw yesterday in terms of the public gallery. Well, we'll find out at 1030. Yeah, we will. And we'll be watching uh, Global News at 530 and 6 to see just what happened. Travis, thanks so much. Really appreciate the time today. Anytime. Take care. Travis Downrange, Queens Park Bureau Chief, of course, with Global News. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.